the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It is a Thursday. Typically, J.R. Davis and Seth Mays are with me uh, on a Thursday show. Uh, I got calls late from both of them last night saying they were going to be out of the area. In fact, going to be out of cell phone uh, range. And so we're not going to be able to join me today. So I text my buddy here, Wayne Beach, and said, hey, Wayne, you want to come on the show tomorrow? And uh he said sure and he says you want to do it by uh, by phone or you know and i said phone's fine and he said he said well i'm going to be at the capitol tomorrow i can come on into the studio i said well come on to the studio because i'll be honest i like it better when people are in the studio i like it better you can see people you know when they're done with a thought or whatever and you can move on and they can see me and they know you know when i want to talk or whatever and that works it works out a lot better it doesn't oh, it I goes like a it lot too. smoother yeah, a lot smoother right. all right so abigail Shear yesterday was in front of the senate and i want you to hear what she said in part she testified asking quote if your daughter or granddaughter was the top high school tennis player in her state And then five biological boys suddenly decided at the age of 17 to identify as female. Should she drop overnight to number 62? Should she lose her college scholarship to a male-bodied athlete who would never have qualified on the boys' team? Does that strike any member of this committee as fair or just? And this is what we've been talking about here on my show. Uh, if they allowed the Equality Act to become law, I mean, look, in in the Senate now, they've got to pass it to get it to, to Biden. Uh, it passed the House. It's got a very uphill battle in the Senate. I don't think it's going to pass, but you just never know. You know, when you get something in the committee and then you get it out on the floor— you don't know what's going through a lot of politicians' minds. You just never know. I mean, it's like yesterday. You couldn't have you couldn't have convinced me that that uh, the gender uh, uh, bill that uh, uh, who was it that that had that uh, from up in Northwest Arkansas had her on uh, on Monday. Talking about uh, you talking about uh, Lundstrom? Yeah, Lundstrom, Robin Lundstrom yeah. failed in committee in, in Senate committee yesterday. I know, I saw that. And, uh, you know, I sent her a message saying, asking if she joined us today, and I didn't hear back from her. 
and seems like i i'm thinking she's she's really upset about that failing the way it did several republicans voted against that and i i for the life of me i don't know why to be honest it's almost like that uh that educational that uh that just uh failed yesterday no that's there was a lot of there were a lot of uh uh, republicans voted against that as well and that was to uh to uh uh uh, the school choice but yeah school choice and that's that's that was I, that was disappointing now, a lot of see now i'm going to say there's a couple of congressmen and senators i've been watching and uh, one is a uh, congressman from over in faulkner county hawk i've been watching hawk uh two years ago i kind of gave him dispensation and thought if he missed a, a couple of votes or if he voted against some stuff, uh, you know, that could be because he'd just gotten in and hadn't done his homework completely. But this year, different story. He's voting better. Well, no, he's not. He's not. You're no. You talking about which hawk? Uh, uh, the hawk to the uh, congressman over in, uh, in by Conway. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's not voting good. And, uh, I mean, he voted against, uh, what was it? Well, he didn't vote on a couple of bills, which was a no vote because he didn't good. vote. That's not good. And then uh, he's voted against, I'm trying to think what he voted against. Oh, uh, it seems like to me he voted against special elections being stopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, he voted against that. And I, I don't know, you know, how he voted on this particular bill. I, have, I haven't looked uh, at that. But... Uh, What's going on in, in the Senate now about the Equality Act is everybody's got to understand there's a difference between this bill and a lot of other bills that are being passed. It'd be one thing if it was if it was uh, perhaps uh, under the auspices of the RIFRA. RIFRA is a bill that protects you if you have a religious, uh, if there's a bill and you got religious beliefs that would make it difficult for you to adhere to the bill for instance a doctor who is a christian being told that he must do an abortion mm-hmm. uh you know the the uh was it little sisters of the poor having to give uh birth control out to anybody who came uh to uh, groups that are christian groups that do adoptions being told that they must do same-sex marriage uh, uh, adoptions with a couple that are same sex. You know, those are all conscience things and they need to be protected. And uh, because this bill would not be under RIFRA, uh, your, your, your church at that point gets a bullseye on it. Mm-hmm. Anytime that they say something, preach something, have an organization that says, uh, you know, uh, certain people can't take part in it because it's against their religious tenets. Uh, they would be told you must, you must not, you, you know, we'll, we'll see, but your, what your, uh, your, your feelings, your conscience says on this, not anymore. Not if this passes, you know, what concerns me is that, um, just like in that bill, I was telling you about that, uh, uh, proposed um, education decision on yesterday's bill. yeah that that concerns me that that 
they're listening to a a handful of superintendents rather than the people that voted them in to office. That's what concerns me. Well, and I agree with that. They they listen to them on that bill. Mm-hmm. They listen to them on the special elections bill. Mm-hmm. And those are things that uh, people, it, it's going to take the, the voters to change this. I mean, it really is. I mean, uh, I'm not saying that just because a, a representative votes against one bill, you should vote them out of office. But I am saying this, if you see a pattern. And I'm starting to see a pattern. For some people, yes, there is a pattern. If you look on that bill yesterday, how many Republican conservative uh, people had, had signed on to that bill as as co-sponsors? And then voted against it? And No. No. And then how many were voting against it? Yeah. And you could kind of see a pattern where these areas were at. Fayetteville, Pine Bluff, um, uh, Fort Smith. But they were uh, Helen, West Helena, or not West Helena, West Memphis. Uh, I saw I saw kind of a pattern. You can kind of start to identify some of those. And it's not just on that bill. It's on those other bills that yeah. you mentioned as well. You start noticing names that are attached to those bills. Uh, the good bills that I consider good, and you do too, um, that I'm starting to see those same conservatives, conservative Republicans actually showing their showing their armor. Well, I really got to wonder why somebody would co-sponsor a bill and then vote against it. Yeah, I I hadn't seen seen much of that, but I have seen I have seen to where they they uh, like on the House floor. See now, the senators and stuff voted. There were some senators voted for that too. I think that particular bill, if you look at it, it was what it was uh, sixteen thirty one, seventeen thirty one. I believe it was. Mm-hmm. I believe that's the one it was. I'll have to look, but <laughs> it was that uh, it was that school choice bill that I was concerned about. All right, we got uh, somebody wants to join us on on the air. Sure. And hi, who am I talking to? Oh, they're talking to them, getting them ready. They want to come on. Okay, who am I speaking with? Hello, Bob in Little Rock. Okay, hey Bob, how are you? Uh, all right, how are you doing? And I'm not personally directing uh, an attack directly at you, uh, but I feel like if conservative talk radio and the Republican Party don't start listening to conservative voters, uh, y'all are both going the way of the dodo bird, and very soon. So would you like? To, would you tell me what it is that I'm saying that doesn't go along with conservative Arkansans and conservative voters? Um. The the biggest thing we should be uh, attacking Democrats and Democrat policies constantly, and not be reactionary to what Democrats do. Um, that's the biggest thing I see, and your message because Democrats control all other media outside of talk radio are. Our, the conservative message is not getting out at all. And I, I argue with people constantly uh, because I, basically everybody I run into is completely indoctrinated with leftism. Yeah, but I'm, I'm asking, okay, so you're not saying that I'm one of the people that is not conservative. 
Right, right. Okay, all right. So my show is doing what you think needs to be done because we. I got to tell you what I, I've been attacking the left for as long as I've been drawing breath. Basically, you know I have too. Yeah, well, so. well, uh, definitely. And you, you have Jan Morgan on, and I, I don't think she's capable of going along with the left. So, I mean, good for that. I, we need more people like her to be the face and the voice of the. We need to be fighting constantly, all the time. And not like, you know, uh, a lot of people are going to argue, but January 6th, and I'm not agreeing with what happened on January 6th in any way, but Republicans should not let the Democrat Party set the narrative for what happened. And I, when you watch TV or you go on the internet, you see way too many Republicans. And, you know, this is violation of one of Russia's commandments. Don't let the Democrats force you into using their language. And I I hear way too much talk radio uh, using Democrat terminology. Like what? Explain to me. You need Uh, to explain to me what you're saying. You're making a lot of aspersions on a lot of good people, and I want to know what it is that they're saying that's got you all ticked off. Calling January 6th an armed insurrection and uh, a conservative talk radio host last night, basically, he, he did a, a brief interview about people being arrested who were at the Capitol but didn't go into the Capitol. And, I mean, I see that as Democrats literally taking political prisoners. And uh, Bill H.R. 1, to me, is is a written confession to the shenanigans that just happened in the presidential election. Well, we, we've been fighting, and, and I am fighting against that completely. But you, you Bob, i got to let you go because i got to go to a break. I'm, my producer's saying you need to break. But keep in mind that as far as I know, the things that you just mentioned— Talk radio has been right on the forefront fighting against that stuff. We've been fighting against Pelosi since before Pelosi was born. All right. Yeah. While she's being formed in her mother's when, womb. When conservative wasn't popular. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. We'll be back in a moment. I, I got to take a break right now. Wayne Beach is here with me. We'll talk a little bit about what the caller said. There's some, there's a, there's some anger out there. I don't know exactly how to mitigate that anger. Uh, I've been trying to explain what you can do uh, to to help. Uh, you have to be realistic about where you're at, and we'll talk about all that when we come back. Don't forget about Pat Davis. I've been talking about Pat Davis for years now. I want to zero in on him really closely today for you. Uh, with If you've got health insurance, I would highly recommend that you call Pat Davis, tell him where and how your health insurance is working for you. Find out, uh, let him look at your policy. He can probably save you somewhere to 30 to 50% on your health insurance. Uh, You need to understand that he is not offering you a share plan. A share plan is not real insurance. Uh, A share plan is a group of people that gather together and say, you know, if you get sick, 
I'll help pay your bills. If I get sick, you'll help pay my bills. That's not what this is. This is real, actual insurance that you know they're going to pay X amount of dollars uh, if the balloon goes up, so to speak. Uh, And it's a perfect health plan if you're a self-employed individual. There's a lot more I could tell you about it. I don't have the time to get into it. I'm going to have Pat on here in the next couple of weeks so we can go over this again with you. Uh, but save yourself some money. Wouldn't it be nice instead when you go to see the doctor, instead of having to pay money, you got to check back from them? That can happen. Call Pat Davis, 501-605-6935, 501-605-6935, or go online to yourhealthplanman.com. All right, back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. Let's go back to what Bob was saying. Bob, thanks for your call, first of all. I understand your anger, okay? I really do. And look, Wayne knows me well. He knows I understand your anger. But you have to understand that getting angry at Republicans because, quote, up in national, wherever they're at up in uh, Washington, D.C., that they're not stopping these bills from being passed, is wrong anger directed to wrong people because they can't stop it. They, they, they're they trying. They're voting as a block, everybody against things like the Equality Act. But it doesn't matter because guess what? Democrats are in control. Next time we've got a chance to change that is in 22. However, and Wayne and I were talking about this, we saw under Trump, we saw some things happen. We saw some momentum on some issues that we all want to see, like immigration, illegal immigration, things of that. Things slowed down. Things were changing. Then Biden, when he was running, said a president that, uh, you know, controls by passing executive orders is a dictator. Well, how many executive orders has he signed? He has signed four times as many as any other president in the United States of America, in the history of the United States. So you got three fingers pointing back at you, bud. All right. You're the dictator. That's the keys. You're If you believe executive orders is a dictatorship, you're the dictator, the main one. Uh, but the, the Republicans are doing what they can do. Now the battle shifts to the states. Mm-hmm. States have got to go in and pass some, some laws uh, to stop the federal government in their head-on now uh, of passing laws, uh, laws of the Equality Act. Sounds good. Got a pretty name, but it's anything but an Equality Act. That's the key. It's anything but an Equality Act. Go ahead, Wayne. You know, we talked about that momentum that Trump gave us for a while. I mean, we were going strong. It was looked like we, we couldn't be stopped. Then the election happened. And we got our wind knocked out of our sails for a short amount of time. Now we're starting to regain that momentum again. And you know what? We were just talking about this. Nothing will be solved here in this radio station, right? We can talk about this all day long. If I were on the air, we would. (laughs) We talk about it all day long. But until the people out there start, they use that anger to actually directed to getting their neighbors their relatives do and everybody something else. do something get out and vote 
do your research. Get out and vote. Find out uh, which bills are important to you. Get engaged with your government. Educate yourself. And educate yourself. That's exactly right. Because, see, look, you've got to understand how the government works. If you don't understand how the government works, it's going to eat you up and spit you out. Mm-hmm. Just telling you, that's that's the case. That yeah. is the case. You can't expect to, you know, people go to the polls and uh, you go, well, look at all the cheating in, in Nevada. Look at all the cheating in Arizona. Look at all the cheating in Georgia. Well, guess what? Here in Arkansas, you can't do nothing about that. You know, because the elections are controlled by the states. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, I, I noticed um, Representative Marjorie Green from Georgia. She she has she has actually used the time that the, that she's had because they took her off the committees. She's used that to actually read through the procedural full procedures, and she has discovered that if she adjourns it, adjourns a meeting, they have to go. Everybody has to come up there and vote if she, if she calls for a roll call vote. Yep. She knows that she's slowing the process down yep. and making people think about their votes and how that if they have to put their name on it that how it looks to their constituents you know that i have been saying for years that uh, committees are where bills go to die we'll talk again here in a moment we got a break for the news when we come back at an important point that we're going to make here on the dave ellswick show 25 minutes to seven and let me direct to bob again bob you called in i let you have your say and that's the way talk radio works and I understand understand what I'm saying here. I understand you're angry. I understand. I get angry when I look at some of the bills that the Democrats are trying to pass. That's why I talk about stuff that's happening in the bowels of the the the, the you know the legislature in New York that the Democrats are working on because I know sooner or later it will be here to be dealt with. And why I talk about being proactive and passing laws to keep that from ending up here. But just understand that it goes slow, dude. It ain't going to happen overnight. And the reason it goes slow. Because of the founding fathers. That's the way they set it up. They set it up to where people would start thinking about what they were passing. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be the guy that's out there thinking about this. And if you think it's bad, if you think whatever they're trying to do is bad, then you've got to talk to your friends uh, that are like-minded. And then you've got to talk to other friends that maybe aren't like-minded and, and switch their mindedness and get them involved in the whole process. That's what being a, a citizen of this country is all about. Is The government actually belongs to us. If it was your business, how would you run it? Country those, of of the people, by the people. That's right. And and just like our motto says, is that the people rule. That's right. And and that's exactly right. We own this this business. They don't own it. No. And we need to let them. We, we need to tell them do. what you want done. Now, if what you want done, the majority of Arkansans don't see eye to eye with you and they go ahead and pass a different look i didn't see eye to eye with adding a half cent sales tax to the constitution of arkansas for roads i would i never vote a tax on myself never but people did 
Now, if you decide that that's how you want to vote, then you vote that way, and I either got to live with it, or I go to another state that they don't do it that way. Something else, Dave, is that, uh, um, you know, people get focused on battles, skirmishes, rather than getting staying focused on the mission. The mission is to move this whole country toward a more conservative-minded uh, paradigm. Right now is what we actually are you, – when you have a skirmish, yeah, you're all in it, and you're all for the battle. The battle is over with on, on the half – say the half-cent sales yep. tax. The battle's over with. Yep. Drop it. Move to the next I do. One. Okay? Don't, <laughs> don't spend resources and your anger on that because nope. that's past. We can deal with that later, but let's stay focused on the mission. The mission is one thing. The other thing is one I want to stress to Bob is that once you get over your mad – you have to you have to maintain your civility and composure when you address these these legislators, okay, and the elected officials. And Bob, you got to do that. You have to do that because otherwise they're just going to take a, they're going to be like a light switch and turn you off and say, "Hey, thanks for uh, checking with me. I hear what you're saying," and then they'll walk away. You need to you need to have a, a relationship with that person rather than just a one time thing and walking up and talking to them. Tell you, Wayne, I. I've had some friends in the legislature, and I, I've become friends with a lot of them, mm-hmm. the conservatives, because I've been pressing the charge since I came here in 2000. But the bottom line is uh, I've seen some of the things that people write to them. I wouldn't say some of the things that they say to the legislature to my dog. I mean, I don't curse at my dog. Why would you curse at a legislator? You don't beat somebody when you're trying to get something I don't get from that. I don't understand yeah. you being that way. I get people who stop me sometimes when I go out and do speeches and things of that nature, and they go, why don't you just give them, you know, H-E double hockey sticks all the time? And I go, <laughs> because if I do that, you'll never hear them on my show. They'll not come on my show if I don't let them talk, and all I do is, is browbeat them. You know, and something doesn't else. doesn't happen. And something else, too, is that – you have to go where they feed and water at, okay? It's just like anything else. Is that I like the way you put that. <laughs> you do. <laughs> so what happens is that that's why I said I'm trying to I'm trying to get people of like minded that are that are in that in that same thing. They need to join the Republican Party and actually become active in the Republican Party. And the reason I say that is because they already have the infrastructure. They already have the financial infrastructure. They already have the political infrastructure. So, and they even have classes to teach you how to be a politician or how to be a, a thing. And and we have a great thing called a platform and a set of principles, values, and it's good. Thing. And it's a good one. It's a winning one. And we we get enough people into the Republican Party that feel just like that conservative. We can actually use that vote. You actually have a vote in the Republican Party, the committee, your individual county committees, to actually move forward in that in that conservative mind. Okay. Give you a good, per, uh, a really good uh, example of this. You hear Artie Hopper on my show mm-hmm. just about every Monday. Artie Hopper is a small businessman. Artie Hopper ran for office one time as for state senator, just barely lost, and. He wanted to make sure that if they were going to be teaching Darwinism in the schools of Arkansas, that they should have to 
treat uh, teach uh, creationism oh, as right. well. Mm-hmm. Now, did he just go out and 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 run amok uh, amongst the people? You know, yelling that this needed to change. That's not what he did. Uh, what he did is that he's a a very active member of the Lone Oak Republican Party. And they, they have meetings in Cabot. He goes to them. He's a member of the party. He uh, helped fashion the wording for that. And uh, they took it to other Republican com- uh, committees. Mm-hmm. And they got on board. And then when the, when the yearly meeting came up, it was brought out in front of the whole state party. And they voted on whether they wanted that to be part of of the party or not and they voted for it it was like i think it was a hundred to zero oh it it everybody was for it everybody was for it so that's the way you make changes does that happen overnight absolutely not right i mean look you had to come you had to go out and get yourself as uh my dad would say educated you had to go out and get educated on on whatever issues that you're really interested in, guess what? The other people that you're talking to, maybe you're the person that's going to help educate them. I agree. And that's the way it works. And, and, that, and it takes time. That's true. And you don't need to run from the party. The reason, no. I, well, reason I say that is because just like, just like many Tea Party members that I talk to, is that why did you leave the Republican Party to come to the Tea Party? And the reason is because they got they got frustrated. Well, you don't you don't get mad at it. You actually do something about it. You come back into the party. Keep your Tea Party membership because that's where you talk about these issues every at once a, once a week or however often you that's meet. That's right. But whenever you go to the, you take those same values that you had, those same conservative values, and bring them to the Republican Party. And join the Republican Party and help us help us change this. This because I'm telling you, we have we have people that are in our in our elected officials that we've been a Democrat state for so long over the years, 136 years. Yes, and then suddenly we change to a, a Republican Party. There's still people that don't know how to be Republican. That's correct. They don't know how to be a conservative, right? And we have to basically show them. And that's where that little booklet that you have. And I don't know if it, you have it in yeah, there. I've got it right up here on, on my thing. I, 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 have, brought you I have it here all the time. <laughs> but I'm telling you, if you get one of these little booklets, you'll see how to run your your campaign. You'll okay. see. Let me read them to you. All right. Here's the principles of the Arkansas Republican Party. The power of faith in God. That's the number one principle. Guess what? We've got God in our platform. Democrats don't. That's State right. State or national. That's right. Uh, the sanctity of life. I don't have to go into a long uh, screed about how the Democrats are the party of death, because they are. Uh, individual responsibility and initiative. Individual freedom and liberty secured by a limited limited government. Private property rights. Lower taxes to produce economic growth. Strong national defense. The personal right to own and bear arms the equal and just enforcement of the law, and separate and equal branches of government. That's our platform. That's pretty clear and and pretty succinct. Now, does everybody believe that platform within the Republican Party? No. 
the thing is, it was voted on unanimously. Yeah, it at, was. At the last two years, it hasn't changed. It's been the same. The problem is that nobody – I wonder how many of our legislators and our elected officials have read that, read that. Even though we have supported them both financially and politically, mm-hmm. we busted our tails to, to – to get to, some of them elected, yes, we burned elected. up shoe leather and all kinds of stuff. That's right. Go knocking on doors, uh, operating phone banks. Uh, we've we've had Lincoln Day dinners, Lincoln Day and Reagan dinners to dry, to to raise money for them. We've had hot dogs, things, tacos, feasts, and stuff like that. Shouldn't shouldn't they reciprocate to the people that are that are By passing them? laws that the people want? Absolutely right. And I noticed also in that same platform there, you'll you'll read in some of the other pages. If we we were really staunch about making sure that our kids had the best education that we can do. That was our that was one of our priorities. So why are you fighting against school choice? That's exactly right. And that's why I was a little concerned about that that vote yesterday where I had Republican legislators voting against it. Right. And they were listening to a handful of superintendents that, that think they're powerful in this country. And apparently they have something on these guys with the teachers union or what I don't know what it is, but I'm gonna tell you we're going to find out because those people got elected to, up there at the legislature. They got elected by us. Mm-hmm. They didn't get elected by superintendents. That's the right. fact is, I guarantee you, superintendents and the teacher association are mostly on the Democrat side. All right. We got to take a break. Wayne's here until the top of the hour. He's on fire today. Well, no, you're on fire. You're, you're, you're doing it and you do well. You know, you do a good job of articulating what grassroots are thinking, and I like that. All right, don't forget about David Lucas Financial, the ultimate retirement planning checklist you have got. You have got to get a copy of this. You have to, look, you planned when you got had your family. I hope you planned to have a family. Uh, and as you had a family, as you had kids, you should be planning, well, I want them to go to college. You should have been planning about how you're going to do that. You should be planning by you're going to support them while they're in school and make sure that they get they keep their grades up. You're going to take care of them by telling them when their teachers are full of it, all right? And you're going to teach them the truth at times that the school system is not teaching them. You do all of that because you gotta, you've got to do that if you want their lives to be on the train tracks and go the same way for for them to be pop not popular to be successful in life same thing with retirement there's basic principles you got to follow if you don't don't expect that you're going to have a bunch of money when you retire like if you're not saving money you're not going to have money it's that simple if you're thinking uh, social security is going to take care of you you're thinking wrong uh, you need to look at what it is you need to be uh, getting done and the ultimate retirement planning checklist will do that for you from david lucas financial if you'll call this number 501-222-3315 501-222-3315 and uh, be one of the first 10 callers and ask for this they'll send it to you absolutely free if you can't get them by phone get them online david lucas com. All right, eight minutes left here in this hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. Next hour, I've got Duck and I've got Joe here, and they'll talk about one of your most important assets of your home, and that is your car. 
You know, your car is like your horse. It gets you everywhere you need to go. And there's nothing to get you back on your feet than missing a payment. That's exactly right. <laughs> and you want to make sure that it's running well all the time. And they'll talk. They'll answer your questions if you call in today at 823-0965, and they'll be happy to discuss that uh, with you. We've got questions that people have sent to us. We'll go to those if we have to. I'd much rather you just call in and we're filled up with people asking questions because that's what we do. We we like to have the questions that everybody wants to know about. All right. With that said, let's go back and finish up what Wayne and I have been talking about today. And that is change normally does not come quickly. Quickly in our country is five to ten years, typically. That change that takes five to ten years, if it happens, uh, if it's a, a negative change, happened because the people didn't pay attention and the people weren't doing what they needed to do. Can I say something? Yeah. Let me do you. No, I brought you on here to be quiet. <laughs> no, go, yeah, go, go right ahead. <laughs> One of the things that, that lobbyists and, and bureaucrats have over the, the legislators and our elected officials as they they will if they don't like what you're doing you know what they say oh you'll be gone in about two years or mm-hmm. you'll be gone in four years or something like that i'm not worried i've been here 30 years 35 years that's that's a real problem i was talking to a legislator the other day and and he mentioned something he said you know if the lobbyists and the bureaucrats get out of our way we might get some good things done and I, and I agreed with him. I said, you know, I, I see it up there. Anytime you go up there, see how many, count how many suits are up there. We need some people in blue jeans and tennis shoes or brogan boots and some things actually sitting in those things. And then you need somebody asking, so who are you with? They've done that to me. They've asked me, so who are you with? And I'm going, I'm, I'm citizen. Now, here's the key. <laughs> we, we need to have everybody understand that – the conservative movement only moves forward if it has momentum. That's right. It only has momentum if the people get behind it. I can tell you, I've been to the Capitol steps many, many, many times. Whenever I'm asked, in fact, your organization, whenever I'm asked to come out and speak, I'll come out and speak and I'll talk. Uh, don't expect that I'm going to come out and, and give you pablum, though. I, I don't do that. Never have, never will. When I speak on the Capitol steps, I don't speak pablum to people. I, I'm going to tell you what the truth of the matter is. I'm going to tell you right now, we got a fight on our hands. Mm-hmm. I, we got I, a tiger by the tail. But here's the key. When people are calling for us to come together, you got to come together. you got to show up. Yeah, everybody wants to be a patriot till it becomes time to do patriot stuff, right? Everyone be, wants to become a patriot till times comes time to do patriot stuff. And there's a couple of things you got to do. One, got to show up. That's the biggest thing. You know, you got to show up. Number two, you got to give a little money, and you got to be prepared. Yeah, you got to learn what's going on. You got to know. Uh, you got to educate yourself or educate yourself the way my dad would say it. But the bottom line is, those are the three things you got to do. You got to know how your government works. Mm-hmm. You got to understand that. Know the rules. Know, yeah. know what you can do and what you can't do. Know how long processes take. 
because a lot of people get frustrated because process is so slow. I was talking to a guy up in Alaska that did the same thing, and he's he is having a uh, an issue with the judiciary up there. And I, I keep giving him little pointers that this is what you do. One number one thing you do, you never give up. No, you can't give okay? up. Okay, you don't give up. If you know you're right and you know your rights, you never give up because eventually you will win. It may take some evidence. It may take some it may take uh, uh, it may take somebody saying the wrong thing, or it may be a witness, a sworn testimony. But at some point, you're going to find that one little piece, that one little key, and the whole thing is going to blow up in their face. Now, guess what? Then they go back and they go after the perpetrator that perjured themselves. That's the way you win. All right. That's why I'm still here fighting the fight. That's right. I've been on the radio doing this now for 21 years here in in central Arkansas. And, And I'll stay here another 20 years if I have to. And incremental wins, and we've won a lot. That's right. And you have to celebrate your wins, and you have to, and you have to realize that some of them may be small wins. Some of them you may not, you may lose, but you're still moving forward. Let me tell you what. One of the greatest wins I celebrated was uh, what six years ago, when every constitutional office in Arkansas was a Republican. Mm-hmm. I celebrated that. Now, have I been? Have I been excited about everything they've done? No, I never. I didn't think that was ever going to happen anyway. I, people are people. I mean, you're going to have you're going to have falling outs and you're going to have falling ins with them. But I will tell you this: having all of them in those constitution con, constitutional uh, offices was better than having a Democrat in that constitutional. When you office. have a supermajority; it feels good. Yeah, it does. It does. I came in. There was four state representatives that were Republican, and there was one Senate Republican, if you wanted to call him a Republican. <laughs> the bottom line is that's what we had. Get and involved, we, folks. And now it's not that way. Now you got to get involved to push forward. Momentum has got to be started again. And I won't say started again, just push forward. So some of the really important issues we want to get done, get done. Wayne, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Appreciate it. We're winning more than we're losing. You just keep that in mind. I'm a half, I'm a half glass full kind of guy. We are winning. All right. Joe and Duck coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. the uh, second hour final hour of the uh, dave ellswick show for this thursday and thursdays at seven o'clock uh, duck and joe usually come on and talk about cars well joe is here duck isn't because duck is not feeling good so we want him to get better 
uh, and uh, and and get healthy and be ready to join us up again uh, next week uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. But hey, look, I got the Obi Wan Kenobi of uh, car mechanics here, so uh, he'll answer your questions eight two three oh nine six five. In fact, if you've been a listener to this show for the low twenty one years I've been here in Central Arkansas, uh, you know that the car and truck doctor segment started off as a once a month uh show uh with me and joe and then it was so popular and still is that we went to every other week and finally it it had to go every week and uh, we needed somebody to talk about diesels and that's how duck got involved with it and he's been with us now i think out of the 20 years that the show's been on he's been with it 18 years now so i mean both of these guys have been here for a long, long time. You know, complete transparency. The reason, the way I got to know Joe is I got to know Joe because he took care of my car. Car was broke. Dave. Yeah, it was broke, and somebody suggested that I go see him. I did. I was amazed at, at how, how well they did. Uh, when I went to Joe's, half of the shop wasn't there at that time. It's been built on since that time. Yes, sir. And uh, it's it's really a, an his story is an amazing one. Ducks is an amazing one. When I knew Duck, he was working for another firm of uh, working on diesel trucks. Basically, sure. uh, got tired of the way some of the things were being done. And uh, I'm tell you what Joe told me. He says, "Well, start your own place," <laughs> that's and that's it. what he did. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was over in Salem to, to start, wasn't he? And then he had he ended up going down to Benton because he needed a bigger place. If that, if I remember that correctly, well, he he, he had that building all set up, and then the zoning commission changed it, and he had to move. So, yeah, yeah, he's gone through. That was, some, that was a hard start. He went through some really challenging times. Yeah, just but to get now, yeah. now he's doing all right. I I love the stories that he used to talk about his wife. And that he would be backing trucks up by the house at three o'clock in the morning, waking her up, and she's like, "Is it going to be this way all the time?" And he says, "To the distant future." <laughs> I well, don't. I don't think it took him as long as he thought. He was doing a little side work at his house, and you know that's how that's how anybody gets started. You you repair automobiles for a living, and and you don't like the way that. The people that you work for do things, run things, treat you, whatever, treat you, it might whatever. Be. So you always, you know, and and you want to change that, you hang up a shingle. Yep, put your name out there. That's right. And uh, you I'm find far, out if you're as good as you think you are. That's it. And and, <laughs> and the ones that make it are the ones that do a good job fixing the car. Yeah, that's basically it. And you I know get, we got that little motto with the bumper to bumper thing. You know. Uh, test not guess right we, we don't work on cars and trucks we fix them that's right there's a huge difference there dave i know there a lot is. of people work on cars and trucks but the bottom line is if they test and not guess they'll actually fix them all right that's something to keep in mind that they do it bumper to bumper and we'll talk a little bit more about bumper to bumper as we move through this hour but phone number is open to you to call in 823-0965 823 823- zero nine six five so pam sent us a question for a 2005 dodge durango limited it's eight cylinder it's got a 5.7 liter engine says the driver's side tail light and tag light have stopped working 
Question. My driver's side tail light and the tag light, that would be over your license, license plate, plate. Yeah. have stopped working. And I've changed the bulbs and the circuit board for the driver's side. They're still not working, evidently, because that's how the question ends. Sure. So with that, I'll, I'll let you pick it up, Joe. Well, that particular vehicle is a 05 Dodge Durango. It's got a, what they call a totally integrated power module. We've had a lot of trouble with them. That's a 15-, 16-year-old vehicle we're talking about. And, and you need to check that circuit. You need to check the grounds and the hots coming back there. If you don't have a signal back there, it's going to lead directly straight up there to that uh, power module, and you're going to have to check the fuses in it and the grounds and the hots coming out of it to work those. You know, when you turn your headlights on, uh, your license plate light automatically comes on. It doesn't have anything to do with the tail light and the turn signal, the left turn signal. Those are fused separately. So, you know, first thing to do is check your hots and your grounds back. If you don't have any hots, check your fuses. If your fuses have hots on them, then you're going to have to check the outputs of that module. But most likely the problem is going to be in that module, Dave. Okay, something to keep in mind. And by the way, don't think that when you're – your your tag light goes out that ain't a big deal it is i got pulled over by a police yeah. officer in oklahoma mm-hmm. because i didn't know it at the time my tail light was not tail light yeah. but my tag light was out yeah so he gave me a warning mm-hmm. get it fixed yeah and i did it's one of the biggest excuses for a pullover i can't see your tags yeah and then if anything in, in or during that interaction happens uh your driver's license is uh, expired and you don't know it or whatever you're going to get more tickets so yeah yeah but anyway so just know you want to make sure all the lights on your car are working what's the law i don't know if you know this or not uh, can you have one tail light out and be still under the law or do you have to have both have to be lit for it to be a hundred to be uh you know copacetic with the law you actually have to have both of them lit up the third brake light needs to work both other brake lights need to work. The officer can cite you for that if he wants to. Okay. Most of the time you get a verbal warning. Yeah. To let you know they're not working. Same thing with a headlight, low beam headlight out. They'll flip around and say, hey, you know, you got a headlight out. And, you know, that's a common thing. I get a lot of cars in the shop and they'll say, I'm driving along and both my low beams go out at the same time. Yeah. And I'll say, well, you know, let's check it. Let's just check it and see. But I'll bet you one of the headlights been burned out for a while. Yeah. Then the other one burned out. Now you ain't got none. You may not even have known. <laughs> That's known correct. It. You may not have even noticed it. Both bulbs were put in at the same date when the car was built, so they're both the same age. So, you know, they tell me that they both burn the same amount of time because mm-hmm. they both come on at the same time. So we see that pretty often, like you would, you know, not like years past, but in today's world, Yes. But it's important to understand a lot of the headlights are hard to replace because the bumper cover has to come off to get the lens out. And I rem- I, I, I recommend to folks, if one of them's burned out, let's do both of them. They're both the same age. Yep. And so, you know, it's, it's a good idea to remember that. If, there, if there's an hour and a half's labor to pull a bumper cover off, that's 150 bucks. That's right. Let's put two bulbs in there, not do one. That's what I would do. Yeah, and that way you good, keep from having advice. to pay that you come back two months Maybe later twice <laughs> and come back two months later and you didn't want to do both of them you're going to get charged that labor again yeah you, know? you want to keep you want to keep that in mind i mean that's that's a discussion joe and i just had 
was it last week or week before when I had the uh, the fuel injector go out mm-hmm. on my car? Yeah. And I asked him. I said, "Well, all these fuel injectors are the same age. Do I worry about now? I'm going to have other fuel injectors going out." And you said, "Wait until the second one goes out, and then yes, you know, you might want to replace them all. The well, rest of them at yeah. that time. Sometimes you you know, just like ignition coils." everything's going to wear out spark plugs wear out coils wear out injectors wear out because they have moving pieces in them and they're constantly working uh, you know and and sometimes you you say all right it's a hundred thousand miles on we're gonna put a set of plugs in it all right well you have to pull the plenum off it's like on a v6 you have to pull the plenum off the back three i'd recommend to put coils on those back three because it's a hour and a half labor to pull that plenum off to get to the spark plugs and then if you have the front three go bad they're Quick, easy replacement. Right. Just unbolt and pop out of there. It's a 20-minute job. So it's food for Big thought Big difference. There. And we try and uh, educate folks on that and say, you know, this is a way to do it. And why? Because of this. You don't have to do it that way, but this is what we recommend. If the customer says, no, I don't want to spend that money, I'll wait. That's fine. I, you know, you, well, you, they, you understand he might, somebody correct. might not have the money That's right correct. then to do that. That's correct. We've been there and done that. We try and prioritize. We've been folks. there, haven't yeah. we, Joe? Yes. <laughs> I've been there before. I don't. I, I I can remember times when I had five dollars in my pocket. I can buy gas to go to work, or I could buy lunch. I put four dollars worth of gas in, and I had a dollar left for a candy bar and a coke. There you go. That was my lunch. Way it works. Yes. Way it works. All right, Timmy. And, well, let's uh, let me let me take my break. It's sixteen after uh, seven, so we need to take a break. Let's talk a little bit about bumper to bumper before we go to break, and uh, why you're a bumper to bumper certified service center. Oop. There we go. We're you know they're the best folks to work with, and uh, I uh, have the best parts. I got a distribution center right here in Central Arkansas. They actually have three, and they're expanding. They may have four now. Wow, one down in Florida too. And, and 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 I don't know exactly what all, but I think they got one in Kentucky now. So anyway, a, a company that that's getting that big is hundred year old company too. Yes, and it's family owned. And 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 guess what? You don't stay in business for a hundred years if you're not doing something right. That's correct. And and you know if if you if you sell the best parts at the best price and provide the best service, that's why we are. A bumper-to-bumper certified service center. So keep that in mind. Bumper-to-bumper parts are the best. Got a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on them. That means if they go bad during that time, they'll be replaced uh, in your automobile, and it'll be no charge to you, not only for the part, but for the labor as well. If you use a bumper-to-bumper credit card, it's three years, 36,000-mile warranty on parts and the labor that goes along with that so keep it in mind as well that's what's great about bumper to bumper bumper to bumper certified service centers all over central arkansas arkansas in general all you gotta do is google it and all of those locations will come up when we come back a 1998 chevy k1500 cheyenne eight cylinder 5.7 liter have a crank but no start We'll talk about it when we continue on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right, so Timmy's got a 98 Chevy K1500 Cheyenne. It's an eight-cylinder, 5.7 liter. And he says, I have crank, but no start. 
I changed the crankshaft sensor, the camshaft sensor, the coil, put in a new ignition system, and still have no start. What do you well, think? I think it's probably a, a fuel-related issue, Dave. Okay. It's a 98 model, the age, you know. thing to remember about these cars, they all have electric fuel pumps. Uh, sometimes they have an electric fuel pump, what they call a uh, lift pump, that supplies fuel to a high-pressure pump on a direct-injected engine, which is a mechanical pump like on yours, Dave. And some of them have an electric pump. This is a 98 so anything above 96 had uh, port fuel injected on it. So this is a high pressure. It's a 50-60 it's a pound pump pressure on this. But that engine won't start if it doesn't put enough fuel up there and enough pressure. To push well, it makes up. sense. And he's changed all the ignition on it. So chances are, probably by the age of it, need to put a fuel pump gauge on it see what fuel pressure is. But I bet it's below spec. This is why you test not guess. and not guess. Correct. Because if it's a, the fuel pump, then he that's not a cheap change that he did. A crankshaft sensor, camshaft sensor, put in new coils, new ignition system. Man, yeah, you're talking a lot of money. Yeah, you're talking four or five hundred bucks. Oh, easy. More than that, Dave. Okay. Yeah, because, you know, if he put wires and and uh cam center and uh cap rotor and all that on it. it's a 98 model he's he doesn't i guarantee you with the crank center and everything he's probably just parts alone probably over 500 dollars. so think about that i'm dead serious that's 500 bucks could still be in your pocket well it could you find went, out that it's just a fuel pump it could have went towards repairing the fuel pump yeah you can hang all the parts in the world you want on it but if you don't test it to find out why it won't start it's like uh, putting all the parts available on a dartboard and throwing a dart at it. What are the odds of you hitting it? Yeah. The right, right parts you need. Probably slim to none. Yep. May take 20 darts. <laughs> yeah. May take more than that. Yeah. And that's not a good thing. But if you test it, you'll find your problem, and then you can repair it, and it'll be accurate diagnosis, and the diagnosis will repair the issue of the no start. Just remember that every time you reach into, you get one of those parts, you're reaching into your wallet and you're spending your hard-earned money to do that. All right. Bruce has a 2013 Kia Optima. It's a hybrid, a four-cylinder and 2.4-liter engine. The engine was recalled two and a half years ago. The short block was replaced and the cylinder head was remanufactured. The car got a combined MPG of 38 to 40 miles per gallon prior to the recall. It has been 24 and a half miles per gallon ever since, no matter the season. Took it back to the dealer a number of times. They couldn't find anything. Complained to the National Service people who told me the car was five years old and, of course, the MPG would fall off. In addition, before the engine worked, the car never had any hesitation after depressing the accelerator pedal. It now has hesitation while I'm on a steep hill at 20 to 30 miles per hour. My wife and I were so happy with the Kia before this happened. Now we're considering trading it in for a Camry hybrid unless we can resolve this problem. So have you seen any problems with the Optima? Well, the Kia engines, the recall on the motors, they had an issue with the 
what they said from everything that I've heard and read and learned that, that was in the programming, that the engine programming was running certain timing advance and fuel enrichment at too much. And, of course, that gives you good performance and everything mm-hmm. and gets you optimum fuel economy. But it was damaging the engine. That's why the engines were failing. So oh, wow. on the engine replacement, which he, he was under a recall, when they do that, they reflash that to lower those parameters down. So I think that's why he's got a loss of fuel economy. Now, the hesitation thing, it may have something else going on with it, you know, because generally they won't hesitate. And generally, they don't have that much of a fall off on the fuel economy. Yeah, I mean, right now so we're, we're looking at about else, twenty, right? almost twenty miles to a gallon. Yeah, he's probably got something else going on, but you can see a slight fall off because of the reprogramming on and after the engine installation. So, okay, all right. But without looking at it or testing it, I not you know I got twenty ideas, but back to the dartboard thing. I got you. You know, all right. Just know that that's how you lose customers, Kia. <laughs> To tell somebody, well, your car is five years old, it's going to lose some miles per gallon. I don't think that's the answer that you should be giving your your customer. Well, that was the, looks like the National Transportation Board that did yeah, that. Yeah, National right Service there. people, yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's, that's amazing. All right, when we come back, uh, we're getting, uh, coming up for Rush. Uh, Ryan has a 2005 Jeep Liberty Limited. It's a six-cylinder, 3.7 liter. You know, what's funny about talking about this, and I, I read the year of the car, is you say, wow, 2005. That's pretty recent. Mm-hmm. No, it's 50, what? Uh, Three uh, years away. Yeah. Being 20. 20 years. Yeah, that's, that's right. amazing. Yeah, we got, we got, we've been in the 21st century for a while, folks. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. And he says that his Jeeps, why won't my Jeep start when the engine is warm? It has to cool between starts. Now, we talked about this before. We'll talk about it again because you may not have heard the answer to it. But uh, there's there's some reasons that that could be happening. Again, the phone number to get involved and ask your question, 823-0965, 823-0965. Duck isn't here today. He'll be back next week, I would assume. Uh, he wasn't feeling up uh, to to par today so we'll look for him to be back with us uh next week joe is here he's ready to answer any question you might have at least he'll he'll throw darts at a board for you uh here on (laughs) on the on the dave ellswick show now you said you went down to biloxi did you other than the rain and the wind was it an all right trip it was okay uh we had a good time i had some really good food we had some ate at some nice restaurants there Okay. At the Half Shell House, and I love that place. Crabs. Yeah. You know, you can get – I that, when my, my, my brother was at Keesler, and mm-hmm. so that's down in Biloxi, and I used to get up in the morning. I was 13 at the time when I went to visit him, and I'd take a crab cage, walk across the highway, walk down on the beach and out on the pier – and I crab all day long with a had myself a, a cold chest with me, mm-hmm. and I'd get back to the house and I'd have twenty five thirty crabs. Mm-hmm. It was good. Then there, there were the blue crabs, and boy, they were good eating. We mm-hmm. cooked them. Yeah. We cooked them. We had we ate them. They were good. 
It's good, good eating. All right, Rush is up next. When we come back, Joe and I will continue answering car questions. Well, Joe will continue answering, I'll ask. All right, so during the break, I was talking to Joe. We're going to get back talking car questions. But you might as well be privy to this. I'm, my life is like an open book on this show. It really <laughs> is. I, I talk about My wife hates that part of me because I will. I'll talk about we had an argument and blah, 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 and, and find out if you think that she was right or I was right or whatever. You know, we'll do that on the show. But I, you I know call, your wife's always right. Yeah, well, that's what she thinks. <laughs> well, you keep look her, at Heidi. You Heidi's keep her thinking going. that, and you've been she doesn't right, listen. Eh? She doesn't listen to the show, so I, <laughs> she long, says she hears the show all the time when I'm at home. <laughs> you just keep your wife thinking that, and you'll be all right. Yeah, I, I do. Anyway, we we're talking about whenever I retire, and I don't know when that's going to be. I'm, I. People ask me that question all the time. It's like when you get into your late 60s, everybody wants to know when you're going to quit working. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the key. One, it depends on how much money you got. And two, it depends, do you like what you do? Yeah. And you know, I oh, love mm-hmm. what I do. Sure. I really do. I, mm-hmm. I have a great time sitting here and, and talking to people. I really enjoy it. So I don't see it any time near future for me. But when we do decide to retire, what I want to do is I want to travel. I love traveling. I like going out and seeing new things. So Saturday, I was over at Kinko's there in Cabot. That's going to be their flagship uh, place. Mm -hmm. I was talking to Kim and some of the other people over there and uh, taking a look at the, the trailers that they had. Now, I like, I wish I could afford a Type A drive all right Mm -hmm. but if you want a decent one and you want it fairly new you're looking at eighty thousand plus dollars for them well i don't want to spend that much money you know plus i've heard that they can be a real hassle finding places to park them and and things of that nature talk to duck about that he was giving me the lowdown on it but uh they had a really nice trailer I mean, it's a gorgeous trailer. I think it was 38 foot long. Went into it. Everything that I would want. was big screen TV and mm-hmm. nice place to cook meals, decent refrigeration, uh, hookup for, you know, satellite television, all of that. And it was just a little bit over 38K. Mm-hmm. That's doable. But you got to tow it. And so I sent you a text asking if my car would tow it. (laughs) And the towing capacity of my car is 10,500 pounds. The trailer unloaded, all right, 9,000 pounds. And you said, ain't going to happen. So my question is, uh, one, what do you think about uh, buying a trailer and traveling around the United States and spending a couple of months in different states that you want to visit and stuff and things of that nature. Is that a, do you think that's a doable thing? Uh, or should I, you know, make sure that I have, you know, a place to come back to say, don't have, don't, maybe I don't want the house. Maybe I just want a, a one bedroom apartment somewhere. Should I have one of those two? It's up to you. Where are you going to? I mean, if you're on the road, 
six, eight months out of the year, you don't want to pay for some place that you're not going to spend that very much time at. And like you said, you want to go down to your, put the camper down there at your daughter's. And, yeah. Go and down then, to San Antonio yeah, and, and then, spend time there. I want to get, I want to get out to, you know, during the winter time, probably want to go out to, uh, to uh, Arizona out there mm-hmm. and be around Phoenix and those areas up in the, in the summertime may want to go up to the Northwest. Yeah. Depending on how much time you're going to spend here. That's what I would factor in. If you're not going to be here half the time, probably not. Well, I'm not going to be here half the time. Well, I can I tell you that, that right now. So, uh, you know, and if you're going to, if you're going to pull that trailer up in the Northwest and like set up in Oregon, places like that, you need a four wheel drive. Mm-hmm. That way you can get around. Right. Plus, that's your ride and to get around with when that's you right. when the campers park somewhere. See that I, so I, for, I factored all in because mm-hmm. Type A, you got to buy. You got to have another car. Yeah. Wherever you go, you pull it behind you so that you can get around wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. If I got a trailer, whatever I'm pulling it with, sure. I can drive around on that. Yeah. So I'm figuring I'm saving a little bit of money doing it. That'd be your daily driver too. Yeah. So, you know, just look at it, everything practically. And, you know, the deal about your your vehicle you have now pulling a trailer that size, once you load that trailer, it's going to weigh more than what your capacity is. Okay? It's too big. Yeah, going up hills would be a problem. Well, you don't want to be like that commercial <laughs> where you see the guy in the gremlin pulling the yacht up the hill and he's going about five miles an hour and he gets to the top of it. What was it? What was it that, that uh, vehicle is not going to last? I don't want to be like Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz <laughs> when they were pulling their trailer in that movie. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be on that going through the mountains and things of that nature. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. So yeah. you know, just use a little common sense. There are a lot of trucks out there that'll do what you want it to do, and it'll, it'll, it'd be a good runaround vehicle, also. You know, so. Anyway. So you're saying a four wheel drive uh, yeah. truck? What what, what kind of truck are you saying? Give me a give well, me an idea. I'm a GMC guy. I'd okay. get a GMC fifteen hundred four wheel drive, and it'll pull that trailer. Okay, and it'll stop it. How much will it cost? I don't know. Depending on what year you buy. <laughs> okay, if you buy, it a doesn't new have one, a brand be a brand new no, one. No, it doesn't have to be. It just needs to be one with you know decent miles on it. But those trucks are high. I mean, you could get a Ford. You could get a Dodge. There's options. Right. I'm a GMC guy. I'm, you know, that's just me. It's what I drive. Yeah. So I've been driving for Ever. as long as I can remember. Yeah. You know, I I cut my teeth at the first Ford dealership. I, the first dealership I worked at was a Ford dealership. That might have turned me off on Fords back in the seventies. I don't know. <laughs> but most Ford trucks today that were built in the seventies are still on the road, Dave. Yeah. They're a good quality product, as far as I know. And 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 you know, there's. Every manufacturer goes through woes and bad times with particular engine they engineered for it'll have its little, I guess, little problems, and then they'll work the bugs out of that. But even the GMs, the Fords, the Chrysler's, the Toyotas, the Nissans, the list goes on and on. Everybody builds a truck has had those problems. Same thing with their passenger cars. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Okay. All right. But they'll, they'll say, well, we, we didn't do this right. We figured that out now. Well, they'll make upgrades and changes to it, and so it'll it'll get fixed. A bit. Okay, so I buy. Let's say I buy a fifteen hundred uh, used. Am I saying it shouldn't have over thirty five to fifty thousand miles? Well, you could probably say it needs to be under a hundred k. 
Under 100K. Yeah, okay. because you're going to drive it for 10 years. Yeah. And if you travel in it, you're going to put another 150, 200,000 on yeah. it. 300,000 is about, if you take care of it, maintenance is about the lifespan. Okay. So that's food for thought there, too. Well, I got 200 and something thousand miles for the Acadia before I put a new one in, new engine in it. Yeah, last time it was in, I think you're, uh, you're 330 something thousand on that. Yeah. 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 I got to start looking at buying a, a new automobile. Really do. And I don't like to. I don't want to. Well, I don't want a car. Your truck works and it's still yeah. in good condition. It's, yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, I so. love it. I love that thing. I. I, I don't want to not drive it. You know what I'm saying? It, I've gotten used to it. I get comfortable. I sit down in it. feels comfortable to mm-hmm. me. That's yeah. the way I want to I want to keep it. Sure. All right. Let's get another question in before we go to break. Ryan has got a 2005 Jeep Liberty Limited, six-cylinder, 3.7 liter. My Jeep won't start after being driven and warmed up. I usually have to give it an hour between starts. To let the engine cool. Been dealing with this issue for two years. I've had a mechanic look at it, but they couldn't determine the issue. Well, you didn't have the Obi-Wan of mechanics looking at this. All right, go ahead. Well, if he ain't got it fixed in two years, I got a feeling he ain't going to get it fixed. <laughs> that's my that's, opinion That's on probably that. true, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> And if you, know, you put I, up with I it like, for two years. I like cars like this because, see, I can duplicate that problem. Right. It's real simple. You run it and you get it hot and then you shut it off. Before you before you even start running it, you hook all your test equipment up. Okay? Right. And then when, it, when you shut it off and you go to restart it and it won't start, that's an easy test. You look at Are all the trims fuel? and all of that, yeah injector pulse width ignition yada 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 what sensor am i not getting a signal from and i would be willing to bet you that it's one of two problems with this jeep okay yep number one it's a crank sensor or number two it's a pcm okay all right and what will happen on the pcm it'll get hot and the drivers when you shut off and you let it set they have to cool off before the drivers will fire the coils or the injectors again even though it's got all its inputs. And you can check that with a lab scope and you can pen test each wire and make sure, even though you have your scanner on there, it says, I got a signal, okay. Well, what am I missing? And you're going to hunt that down. So, Check that out, Heidi. He can check each wire for each plug. That's amazing to me that they uh, can get that specific now. Each electrical component on that engine when you hook a lab scope up to it, whether it's a crank sensor, cam sensor, ignition coil, doesn't matter what it is, Dave. The factory, the manufacturer of that car gives you a waveform graph that's what it should look like. And then you can compare it to what you have. Okay. So then if you say, well, this one is not up to spec, you're going to put that sensor on there. When it comes up to spec, most likely this truck won't have that issue no more. Okay. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. By the way, I don't know if you did uh, over the weekend, Saturday, or was this? Yeah, it was Saturday. I sat down and none of the college basketball games were games that I was interested in. So the uh, the first meet of the 2021 year for the National Hot Rod Association was going on in Gainesville. I sat down and watched it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it is amazing to me how 
that has changed over the last 30 years. Mm-hmm. They break those engines down completely mm-hmm. uh, between between runs. Absolutely. And they've got... Uh, the big boys do. Yeah, they got it all, mm-hmm. all set up. I mean, it, it's, it's all packaged components. It's amazing to watch them do it. Yes. It's really, really something to do. I don't know if you were a drag person back in the day. I, I, I want to take Linda to see a, a drag race. She's never been... And there's just something about being up in the grandstands when they bring out the funny cars and the, the triple fuel. fuel. Yeah, the top fuel. And they start revving those engines up, and you you can just feel it when they're sitting there and they're just idling. And you can, in the evening rounds, you can see the flames shooting mm-hmm. out of the pipes. And you can just feel that power beating against your chest. That's power the there. The concussion is awesome. <laughs> Hang on to your hat. Boy, Gainesville, they had a couple of really, really big wrecks. Earplugs. Yeah, yeah, take earplugs. If you're taking your grandkids and stuff, yes. take headsets for them to yes. wear because it will ruin their hearing. It's yeah. loud when they when they jump on those babies. Mm-hmm. It's loud. All right, we'll talk about that some more when we come back. But right now, PI Roofing uh, is ready to work with you to keep your roof in good shape. Hey, Joel Johnson going to join me on the air tomorrow uh he'll be calling in and we're going to talk about how they are granting people who need roofs and can't afford it how they're getting it done for people you know you know joel joel worked with me and you and some other people uh when we had our nonprofit group helping elderly sure. people and and he put free roofs on a lot of houses uh and and it was really really great the work he did he's a he's a great businessman but more than that, he's a great humanitarian. He's a good Christian guy. Does yep. a lot of good things. He does the same thing with your, with your roof. Uh, you call them out, have them uh, his his team walk your roof. Uh, they'll find out if there's anything wrong with it. Now, when, if they're going to wa- walk your roof, if they know your roof is 15, 16, 18 years old, uh, they'll probably call your insurance agent and have their appraiser walk with them because they know they're going to find some stuff. And they show it to the appraiser, and the appraiser is going to make some calls on whether they're going to replace the whole roof, half the roof, quarter of the roof, all of that. And uh, they take care of all of that for you. You don't have to do any of that. They follow all the COVID-19 requirements. Hopefully, we'll get past that here in another month or two. People will be walking around without masks on and things of that nature because everybody's getting, getting their shots. But the bottom line is I can't recommend anybody better than joel johnson and the people from pi roofing uh, call the same number i call 707-3551 i don't have like a bat cave phone that i pick up <laughs> and it hooks up to joel johnson's desk or something 707-3551 is the number to call or just go on the line to piroofing.com listen to joel tomorrow he'll be on with me at seven o'clock you'll be interested to hear what he has to say all right, back with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're down to uh, one last segment uh, to talk. Uh, you're going to love this, Joe. We're going to talk about a brand of car you love, Volkswagens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why is my Passat's engine shutting down while I'm driving? That's not a good thing when your engine's shutting down while you're driving. Monday, my 2000 Passat died as I stopped at an intersection. The dash flashed engine workshop, and my EPC light came on. 
It turned over but wouldn't start. Thinking it was due to a lack of oil, found a tiny bit in the trunk and put it in. By the time I tried to restart it after adding the oil, it had been about five minutes. It started. Tonight, going up a muddy hill, it died as I was accelerating. Plenty of oil in it this time, and again, after a few minutes, it restarted. Seems sluggish, though, while I drive now. All right. Well, the check engine light came on, the reason to check engine, but that's the direct reason why the EPC light came on, okay? What's the EPC? That's for traction control. Oh, okay. Different than an American car. Well, it's just terminology. Uh, You know, uh, some of the European cars knew the terminology different than the Asian cars, different from the American cars on traction control and and electronic uh, vehicle performance. They they, they all work together. The the ABS, the the traction control, basically, whatever they want to name it, uh, ABS brakes and all that, they work together. So if one light comes on, it's got codes in it, it shuts these other systems down and turns the lights on to tell you they're not working, Dave. Now, he said it seems sluggish and it doesn't want to go. That tells me the check engine light's on probably because due to a misfire. Okay. That's why the other light came on, the EPC light came on, okay? Um, And a bunch of things can cause that. Well, that's it. It could be a coil. It could be a plug. uh, You know, it could be a fuel management problem, uh, air intake tube. uh, It's a 21-year-old car. That's exactly right. The list goes on and on. Without actually looking at the vehicle, having a scanner on it, it'd be hard to determine that. But the reason the EPC light's on because check engine light came on. Okay. And then he just needs to have that taken to a shop and let somebody check it, see why it's missing and running bad. And if he fixes that, clears the codes, the other other systems go back to working. All right. I got a short question for you. Okay. Only take a short answer. And we got about three minutes left. Okay. 2000 Chevy Blazer LS six-cylinder 4.3 liter. This is from Paul. How much coolant will I lose when installing a new coolant temperature sensor? Again, the 2000 Blazer 4.3, not 2.8 liter engine. Well, if he puts coolant temp sensor and if he lets the engine cool off, and the thing about that is if you take that sensor loose, if you have the new one ready with the thread tape on it, and the minute it comes out and put the other one back in, you might lose a cup. If you drop that while trying to do it or get fumble-fingered and can't get it started, <laughs> you might lose as much as a half a gallon. <laughs> okay. All right. Depends on how fast you can yeah, get your thumb in the hole. That, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I can't really answer that. But if he pulled it out and let it drain, he's probably going to lose probably half a gallon or something. Okay. Yeah. If you're good at it. That, all right. At if it, you're not good at it, you might lose a gallon. Keep yeah. that in mind. So. Buy yourself a gallon just in case. All right. They don't um, sell it in court. Somebody's so. wanting to ask a question. We're too late now. We can't yeah. get them in. Uh, you got to call right. during the, the fat of the show. If she so leaves them on hold, I'll talk to them when the show's over. Okay. Do that, to Heidi. You can answer the phone and I'll put them on hold. And, yep. and he'll come over and answer. All right. So I need to go out and start pricing 1500s is what you're telling me. Well, that's up to you. You can check, pick, pick whatever brand you want, Dave. You ask me what I would. Well, pick. I like that GMC yeah. idea. I mean, I my God, I'm driving a GMC, and yeah. the only problem it had was uh, I happened to buy one of the early ones, and they had problems with the uh, the transmissions on them. 
Well, you ain't had none since uh, Gary Henry. No, nope, he fixed it. it. Yeah, he, he fixed it that last was a, time. He absolutely a big upgrade did. for sure. Yeah, yeah, he did a good job. Mm-hmm. So I keep that. I keep that in mind. But the bottom line is, is that I just gotta. I'll just wait until I have to, because yeah. I don't want to have a car payment. So maybe I can save enough money that I can pay cash for it. Yep, possibility. I'll try. I'm going. That's what I want to try. I am so over wanting to pay car payments. I'm just saying it's been nice not doing it over the last year. I'm really happy, and I own that uh, GMC now. That's right. I've got the title to it. So if you came to my house, it'd be hidden somewhere. You'll not find it. (laughs) You won't find it. I'm uh, painting my house. You're going to have to come over after it's all done. I will. You remember Tim Hankey? Yeah. Tim is doing the job. His people are doing a fantastic job. That's good. doing that. By the way, before we go any further, I got about 30 seconds here. Uh, what was the name of the towing company that oh, saved, my, yeah, saved my bacon? That was uh, 365 Towing came out and helped you out uh, that Saturday morning. Yeah, I, you give, you give them a call if you ever need any help. I'm, 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 I believe that I talk about people that do good jobs, and they did a fantastic job. Well, I think they, they really did. did. They did that. All right, 357. 365. (laughs) 365. All right. Talk to you tomorrow, 6 a.m.